What do you want to talk about? Your mom. <laughs> Miss Faye. Miss Faye. Miss Faye. My mom, Kathy Jean. Miss Faye and Kathy Jean. Got me sound like they need a show, don't they? Hello. Uh, we could talk about your book, or we could. I want to hear about the tarot cards at some point too. Right. Well, we'll talk about, but I think we need to address several elephants in this room. I'm basically oh being suffocated right now with cats. the fact that you have no with your betrayal and <laughs> getting a new podcast. It's not my fault. I didn't get a new podcast. It got me. Is this what people who cheat say? Yes. Okay. I'll be sure to keep that one in the bag. Have we started? Have we started? Yes. Yeah. We've... Are we recording? Yes. It says oh, we are recording. Oh, gosh. This is recording. Okay. Listen. Yeah, I've it wasn't me. It was someone else. Content for two minutes now. <laughs> so, my time is valuable. Uh, well, it, you know, I've got, I've got time in my day. How? Because uh, I don't want to because i ignore work and family and obligations oh, and i yeah and you don't you're not you don't care about board games how do you know that i don't i played board games with you you and your lovely wife i played a board game you did and um uh, you did you didn't immediately at the end say we i have to play that again so uh, you like them but you don't you're not obsessed with them which is good for you It'll save you a lot of money. You don't know that about me. You're I projecting do. onto me. Right no, I know. I know. You told me a few years ago, you said, why did board games have to get so complicated? Like, why, why can't they? we just have fun games? I don't, because of people like me that wanted, no, we like, another reason we want IRS tax codes. What? The elephant just multiplied itself. What? Because I don't want, listen, I don't go to board games to like, don't you do that to like escape? Like, what if I have to like write a dissertation on it? It's not really like escaping. <laughs> like, I know. I want some solid cards against humanity. I want some, you know, like Monopoly. I'll do Monopoly. Although Monopoly can go on for a long time. Yeah, it can go on for a long time. Well, do you like crossword puzzle, like puzzle type things? I have started doing the Wordle. Right. Uh, yes, I do like crossword puzzles. Um, I, I think it's the puzzle aspect, and it's also sort of building something that is, I don't know, like you're you're more invested. Yeah, I get it a little bit. Like, so, <laughs> so Stuart is very much like you, which is not surprising, nerd. Mm -hmm. right. um, but <laughs> he likes that exactly. What, like, he builds models and things. Like, he's invested in this sort of stuff. But like. We are very opposite when it comes to like, have you ever done an escape room? No, but I've wanted to. I'm sure you do. Um, you'll probably be like him and like, I just want to sit there. I don't really. And it's weird because I'm very competitive. <laughs> you're, you're fine just staying there. I just don't really care. <laughs> like, well, and also it's like, I feel like I have so much in my brain, like not just like knowledge, although that's there too, but like just stuff that like, I don't want to like have to memorize a code to a letter and a thing and put it into a thing like it just feels like a lot it is i don't know why for some people that tickles their fancy the minutiae but but there are some people like us that um 
I mean, I, that Stuart's I, like, yeah, like I know, yeah, I, but I live with someone like that. It's just yeah, like, so I can't explain it. It's and and Jenny's not into it, but she likes gaming. She likes the alpha gaming, but she gets bored. So it's got to have quick feedback. You can't take long on your turn because she'll just walk off. She'll like go do same, something. Same. Um. So yeah, different strokes for different folks. I'm not into sports. Like I, I don't really been enjoy. a real sad point of our friendship. I know, I know. I just um just doesn't float my boat. But something about I, I guess it's a uh I wanna conquer the rules and I wanna beat the game and the rewards for a long, complex game are really satisfying. But it does mean probably twenty hours of your life. Oh dear God. I know. I know. I mean, good for you, though. Hey, good for you. I spent, I had to play basketball from the age of five. So imagine how many hours I wasted on that. And now all I have to show for it is bad knees. So, <laughs> right. I mean, most things are, yeah. I mean, and most TV shows are that way. You're going to watch a lot of shows that aren't good for that one show or one episode that you'll always remember. God, we are on to like some season 300 of supernatural right now does that show are you watching supernatural yeah we've been watching supernatural for years (laughs) like i stewart watched it in like a like in a winter as they say (laughs) in the british lands what does that mean like you watched it means like you watched it like i well a winter usually means you didn't one go but like he just pretty much did that he like got the dvds just watched it i like there's something about formulaic television it's why I don't watch the Mar- Marvel movies because it's so the hero's journey that I get bored because mm-hmm. I know like, okay, here's where the action's going to happen. Here's where the resolution, like there's no, like a lot of people find like formulaic television to be comforting. Yes. I find it to be very frustrating. Huh? I uh-huh. need, I need some David Lynch or it just, I need like, Something weird. Something weird to happen and someone crawl out of another dimension or like, because yeah, that feels like there's that. something at risk. I can see that. I think part of the draw for the Marvel stuff is they keep doing it in different ways. So yeah, you know, the good guys are going to win, but how they go about it is it's always a variation of the same song. And I guess if you're into it, the variations are fun. Right. And I, so one of the ones, so Stuart's been making me watch Marvel movies. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he, we start with Guardians of the Galaxy because he said he felt like that one could keep me from it. And did uh, it? Yeah. I liked the first one, but then the second one was just the same. So it was just like the novelty had worn off of like, like the, the stick and the raccoon and all that. Right. That have right. names that I can't remember. Um, Although, again, so there's an example of how they varied it because. The, the the stick, Groot, said Groot the whole time, but then in the second one, he's a baby and he can't talk, right? So <laughs> then you're, so then they varied the character, like you're missing him. But yeah, you're, it's, it's, yeah, I know what you're saying. The one that I was very interested in was the end game and the, the last ones, because I was like, okay, finally, and we won't do spoilers, but I guess at this stage, just like Game of Thrones, that's really, it's really on you at this stage if you've not seen the right. films. Um, but, like, when Stuart came back from the movie, because he had to go with my two friends, because I didn't know any, I had never seen a Marvel movie. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, this end game is going to be very low stakes for me. <laughs> it's like, going to be uh, early game, actually. It's be first, <laughs> game, first game. <laughs> right. First and ten. <laughs> I think that's a golf reference. I don't no, know. No, 
Are you <laughs> I'm kidding. I know. You went to Wake Forest. I know you know something about football. Anyway, um, so yeah. So, but here's the game I do like. See, we've been talking about games for 10 minutes. Why do you need another flipping podcast for it? <laughs> Does this really bother you? Uh, no, it doesn't. I just, I like drama. So right, I gotta could. make it. I mean, clearly your other podcast is not going to have drama. So no, it's not. We're going to no. have to add it here. Um, I like to hunt a killer. It's the subscription service, which is, we're not being sponsored by, I should say. Um, but, but we could be. We would. We could be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. reach out. Um, but you get this monthly. It's like trying to find a murderer and you get like clues and Ooh. it takes you like, like each month you get closer. And I like that. And- and you you had this murder thing, murderer. Uh, please elaborate for our listeners. Well, you cause... watch all those serial killer t- <laughs> shows, movies. I, I mean, you're into real life crime. I what am is up with that? True crime, but to call it you like murder is um, <laughs> ever so slightly worse. <laughs> okay, or, you like or you're, you're into those murder things. <laughs> you're into those murdery things. <laughs> I have not murdered anyone, guys. Just to clarify, I just like true crime. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Right. So that part, that for me is fun. It is an investment, but I don't know. Like, it feels a little bit more like real life, I guess. I've heard of those subscription things, and that does sound kind of neat to get it every month and work through it. Yeah, so. it is. It is really neat. But you'll never know because you have another podcast where you'll talk about it. So. <laughs> I, think, I think you are jealous. I think you are. I, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Do you have a better time on that podcast than you do with me? No, absolutely. That's what it's really about. <laughs> okay, then that's fine. <laughs> no, this one is definitely more fun. Sorry, Daniel. Does Does Jenny like Daniel more? Uh, I me? played her a few. No, no, I. She doesn't listen to any of this. She's um, I don't know. She's an on Gmail or something. Yeah, she's yeah. on email. <laughs> or she's Gmail. Being, you know, like a doctor, like a real one. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Oh, the other but, elephant in the room we need to address is the time that we spent from our last podcast. To yes, time. I know it was. So when we last visited with you all um, two years we, ago, something right. And it's not like we weren't talking podcast audience. We were talking. We just weren't recording it. It was right. much, much and such this. <laughs> We got into a couple fights, but I think we, we came out the other end. <laughs> we made it. We made, we made it. it. We're here. We're here. We're here still. She hasn't it. murdered me yet. I haven't. I have thought about it, but I would also know how to catch myself. So I didn't Right. Really. Um but yeah, when we were on the podcast, I you listened recently, so did I. God, we were so naive, weren't we? I know it. We thought it'd be a few months of inconvenience. Right. We were still talking about wiping down groceries. Can you imagine? No. That was the big discussion was bleaching right. down and how f- here we are. And how my hairstylist wasn't going to have a job for like three weeks. And I was very worried for her. Yes. Now she just comes to my house. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I was I was concerned. And then she was like, well, I guess I'm just doing that now. And huh. well, and I think that's something a question we can definitely talk about a book, but a reflection upon how we have changed in such times might be nice. I don't know if I've actually thought about it too much. <laughs> yeah. 
It's definitely been more stressful and more distracting. I mean, it's it it was between the Trump years and now Ukraine and COVID. Right. It just, gosh, everything before Trump seemed so innocent. I know. I was looking at something where I was like ranting about, God, I don't even know what it was. Something about like a music service, like a like Spotify or something. I'm like, God, remember when that was the thing that was the worst thing or something like was having to pay for spotify yeah it was something i just thought you know you get those memories on like facebook or whatever and i was just like mm-hmm. and it was back in the day when you put your status was leah robinson is hating spotify right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so but i looked at that and i was just like oh i missed that version of me that right didn't have all of this you know didn't didn't spend time if you wanted to eat out thinking about what has outdoor seating type oh my god those sort of micro decisions just have worn me out same same yeah yeah and being in class too is is tough because i know they hate it the mass we hate it everyone hates it it's just like it is what it is like we just gotta do it are you still enforcing it well um yeah but you know Mm -hmm. me i'm sort of a mom in the classroom actually that's a bad adjective i'm I, I follow my own rules in the classroom pretty consistently right because I, it's the it's sort of my ocd and type a thing i think is like if i bear it's why i don't change like deadlines for things because i don't know i find that there's freedom and structure <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um but yeah i was enforcing for sure uh well but i guess they changed it they changed it. I don't, it, it's not clear about your own classroom. I guess you could enforce it. I decided I'm just wearing a great mask and I'll just, everyone can decide what they want. I thought that was sort of the message that we got. It is, but we weren't told to deviate. So I would think you could still enforce what you want right. in, in theory. But um, I just think I'm too tired at this stage, guys. That's I don't how know I that feel. I got it in me. And our hospitals aren't under threat of collapsing. So if you, if you get sick and need the hospital, you're not hurting someone else who needs that hospital bed. So it is a bit more on you, which is what a lot of people wanted. And that's fair. It just, we didn't live in that world six months ago. No, we didn't. And also it was tough because I knew people were doing different things like different. And and we were like, if you're a student, you're listening, we're very keenly aware that there's like, different professors that do different things like we all just kind of have to you know carry our own cross whatever that way whatever mm-hmm. way it looks but um it was hard unless you're josh cross then you care to carry two crosses i set you up because your last one. name is cross yeah no exactly. i got it i got it yeah, yeah. <laughs> see this is what board games will get you kids we'll exactly um but yeah different professors do different things so in terms of how strict they were. So it was just like, it was, I feel like it was like having divorced parents where one parent's like, you can't have any gluten. And then the other one's like, eat all the candy you want. You know, it's, they go from one classroom to the next with like completely different expectations. Yes. And now they're just not wearing masks at all. Right. And there's a few, but. Well, and, and I'm with you. I think, I think it's pretty timely at this. I mean, I went to Florida for spring break. Woo partner um and to visit my friend my friend um and no one there's no mask nowhere really no no 
Like they'd probably look at you funny if you wore a mask. At least, and I was in St. Petersburg. So where I was, there was no mask. So what did you do? Did you get maskless or? I did. Wow. Just, well, I know. And I mean, we were not like. Yeah, no, no. I, we were like, cool. we were doing almost 40 something spring break, which is not like at the club or whatever. So like it was a lot of beach time and outside cocktail mm-hmm. drinking time. So mm-hmm. yeah, we spent a lot of time outside actually. So it wasn't like we were right next to each other but you know the the governor there has actually because my friend who i'm speaking of is a professor and i said oh are they making y'all wear masks and she says they can't because the governor DeSantos he actually put an executive order that no people no like private groups can enforce mask wearing yeah he's he's pretty out there mm-hmm. he is from where i'm sitting yeah it's wild Oh, well, it's cool you got away. Um, it was good. It was good. Good reset. Maybe vital I got away, I will say. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think one thing I will say, and then we can talk about theology, is that I feel like, and I've talked to you about this, it feels like everything is harder in the pandemic. And I think it's because our brains are so tired. That like yes. even like the basic like to get my oil change I had to get my oil change the other day I was like I simply cannot do this task and it was like just taking my car I wasn't even doing the task I was just <laughs> waiting for the task to be done and it's like so I can't imagine what it's like to be a student in the midst of all of this if that's what it's like for like adults yeah that's right and they're looking to us to be the adults and we're not because we're frazzled yeah we're tired too for sure and i guess that's where the structure part comes is i'm trying to hold together this like semblance of normalcy you know and keep it kind of consistent because it's been so inconsistent with them for so long um and it's worked to varying degrees <laughs> I should say. right yeah um so so the so, book is done oh please the book is due in august but it's not done it's probably half done at this stage um the book is called bad theology oppression in the name of god and it is um to be published i guess 2023 if it's due in august i don't know at publishing times it's not my world but um so yeah it's it's um it's an idea that I had for quite some time. Um, whenever I was doing research in Northern Ireland, I was doing research on like peace building and theology related to that. Cause when you're in this kind of war torn country, it's sort of the, the exceptions to the rule that actually are wanting, like actively trying to find peace. Um, most mm. people are just kind of how we are in our country right now. Just like dig your trench and live in it, you know? <laughs> And don't really like, and like point fingers at the other trench. You don't really like try to find the middle ground. So um, when I was, but, but one thing that I did discover is that there were people, and most of those people who are doing peace were like theologically justifying it and all this kind of thing. But what I discovered is that I met some pretty shady characters <laughs> while I was there, which was necessary because, you know, there's gatekeepers and all that. Um, to information. And I met some people who theologically justified the violence that they did they thought it was like a calling that they had and 
I didn't do it in my PhD because it probably would have destroyed me and my supervisor's life, I think, if I tried to do that. But it was something that I sort of held on in the back burner. And then I pitched it to someone at AAR. Well, not someone, uh, David Shervington, who's <laughs> just SCM. random people outside. Just random people. <laughs> hey, I guy. was like an evangelist <laughs> at the book, the book area. Just like, ma'am, I just need to know whether it's sweet potato fries or regular fries. No, Let me tell you about my book. <laughs> It'll jump off the shelves. Just give me your money. Um. So yeah, the I pitched it, and he he really liked it, and he had seen me give a paper adjacent to that at Edinburgh for a, a conference. So yeah. And, and so now I'm writing and I've had to create criteria for what I think is bad theology, which um, I've had to justify no less than 8,000 times at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I'm looking at historical case studies. That's the part that I'm currently doing um, and how many I, I get through will be determined by that August deadline. So How I'm many looking chapters at like the, not, the Nazis and like slavery and um, not ordaining women. And um, I just did a paper actually for uh, what it was on Sunday for the Southeastern AAR um, that was on ex gay, like conversion therapy stuff, mm. which was really interesting because it hit every single one of my bad theology events. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah. But and, and someone questioned me about that quite rightly. You know, how how do you how do you get to decide what is bad and and what is good? And and I will say that term bad is is very subjective. I do see that. But also we got to sell books, people. Um, but, you know, I, I I I likened it to Roger and Ebert, the the movie people. Right. They had criteria for what they thought was good or bad films and you get a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So it's like but they never didn't acknowledge that it was their bias. Right. They never said this is a completely objectively good movie. It was just they thought it was based on the criteria they had. And so that's sort of my argument with it is, you know, why why can we say a movie or a song or a book is four star five star whatever but we can't say theology is mm-hmm. so so what what are the chapters then so you've got you establish the criteria and then you're each chapter is on a different yeah historical era right and the first half of the book is really setting up you know because you you've done theology before like it's, it's almost systematic it's like i'm creating this argument and I have to bring in my friends like Kathy Tanner's in there and um, Gordon Kaufman and like some of these other folks who were like constructive theologians, but also saw that, you know, that theology is a human construct, really. And mm-hmm. as a, and because of that, we can put it in categories with other things that are constructed, um, like, you know, movies, films, books, whatever. Um, so I, I sort of build on that on theologians who've talked about it before and there's tons it's not it's not a new idea um and then i set out the criteria and i've taken the criteria from from a few different sources and i sort of talk about those as well um and yeah and the the second half is going to be examples and showing like the criteria how it works with the examples and, and also mm-hmm. mapping out the theology of of these people like there I, I have two books on the shelf right now that are the theology of hitler 
and it's like it shows because he's very i've talked about this in the podcast before he's very religious in his language i mean it's right real screwed up but you know one person i remember wrote that the reason people haven't talked about bad theology is because there's this expectation that if you call something theology that it's inherently good Ooh, right now that's an interesting statement right huh that's still in i should give credit for that to chris cotter he's it's called religion hijacked i think or hijacked religion and it it talks about this idea of like and and theology and religion it's like when you hear religion so like a good example is the um you know anytime any terrorist attacks take place or something people will say oh well they're not really fill in the blank you know they're not really muslims or they're not really hindus or christians or whatever mm-hmm. um when actually they probably would say that they are you know, so, yes. so what we're doing is we're saying the criteria for something to be a theology or for something to be a religion means that it's good, a good version of that. And so the argument in my book is that um, that's naive and also misses a lot and that we could have avoided a lot of tragedies if we actually just were like, this is bad, <laughs> you know, like justifying slavery in the southern U.S. because of the Bible is bad like that mm-hmm. that was bad and and everybody agrees with that one i mean sure like and like a... the ex-gay thing that i did you know you you have very strong opinions on that because it's a, con- a contemporary you know issue or women's ordination and my point is that you don't you know no one's going to say slavery or nazis are good but then some people might have theological beliefs about women in ministry or um, the LGBT community or that kind of thing. And my argument in the book is that's fine. Like, and trust me, you've had your platform to write about it. Like, um, but now I'm going to write about how I don't think that this is good. So, mm-hmm. and hmm. uh, so, you know, that's, that's where we're at. So we're just trucking along and, you know, I, I turned the big 4-0 this summer, um, but I've had to be like, I can't do, ever. I, like, people were wanting to do, like, pretty extravagant things, and I was like, one, I'm fatigued from COVID, and two, I have to finish this dang thing. And three, it's kind of an arbitrary category. 40? Yeah. Well, no, Mr. 50, how do you feel? <laughs> Not there yet, but I mean, it's just... These things become things because of things, right? And but it's not like that next day you feel that much different over the span of time, sure. But but people even celebrate birthdays 200 years ago. I mean, all this is kind of I don't know. I, I guess the older I get, the less I like stress, and I don't want to stress out about an event just because somebody tells me I have to. God, right. What kind of birthday parties are you going to? <laughs> well, I mean, I, right. I know. No, it's just the general idea of, of you know, we have to be extravagant. Like it, if someone wants to be, it's cool. But but I now people have to have uh, gender gender reveal parties. And it's just so much pressure to do all these social things. And it's just, oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, COVID's, like, not, COVID's not affected you at all. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> oh. Though it's like, well, I, I, you know, I don't, I guess I don't really like holidays in general. So it's just everything's about the next holiday and has to be a total freak out. And it's just, I just like to if keep If someone in the simple. audience wants to send um, Dr. Taylor, I go ahead. Holiday. I'm, I'm such a grump, but I, I just like to keep things simple and I want yeah. to be spontaneous and I don't want to have to, uh, you know, worry about planning the bridesmaids luncheon or whatever. Well, luckily you will never have to do that probably. Well, it's a little judgmental on your part, I think. It probably is. Although, <laughs> I mean, I was talking more about your age at this stage. But oh, oh, oh. I just thought not your gender. <laughs> I would look stunning. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you saw uh, Stuart's birthday. It was pretty low-key. There's just people yeah. in the back yeah. drinking. Drinking. Drinking out in the, the good way. Hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. We're two or you more have, gathered. There will yes. be beer. You had a large um, backyard, and then the door would swing open, and everyone look, would look up the, the gate to the yeah, fence. Like, and there was, So that was like the corridor of, of appearance. Exactly. <laughs> well, it was Harry Potter. They appeared in the fireplace. It was like the fireplace. The, yeah. That was our people wandering in and out. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah that was so cool. I mean, I, that's, that's it. That's my plan. I actually have two more book proposals I need to write for Paul Grave. Um, nice. What are you going to do? I... They were, I, I should say both SCM and Paul Grave are very lovely. Um, and I'm a bit, uh, the people that I'm dealing with here are very lovely. And you get kind of, you get to be a bit picky once you're older in your academic career about who you write with. And so it's kind of nice. Um, but Paul Grave approached me to write a book. They had seen me do a talk on COVID. Oh, yeah, there was a theology conference, and it was uh, theology in the time of COVID, which, of course, everyone was doing that at the time. But I did this paper. Actually, you... Oh, you all right? Yeah, I just dropped something. My okay. bad. Did you... I don't know if you stroked out in your old age. Um, there goes my hip. I know. Just pop it back in. Just pop it back in. Um. Yeah, I, I did. I, I've really been taking this bad theology thing on, on the road. I'm like <laughs> really pimping it out. Um, but I did it in the time of COVID. So I was looking at, I told you about this. I was looking at different like televangelists and things where, and, and different preachers. This was that whole time where like preachers were having people come to services, even though they weren't supposed to. And like, people are getting really sick and like they were saying like the like god's gonna heal you and here's a magic the guy in louisiana um i can't remember his name which is fine because i wouldn't want to name check him anyway um mm. but he was handing out like these holy handkerchiefs that you put over your mouth during the service that had been blessed and it meant that you wouldn't get covid um interesting wow yeah and then jim baker was selling that body the silver solution that mm -hmm. would cure you so it's just like a bunch of like what we would call i guess snake oil preachers but like honestly it goes beyond that because they're at, at this stage you know and i try to emphasize this you know there's one thing that says oh send me 100 bucks and help me buy a plane but these people were killing people like right and i kind of pointed that out i was like this is not the same like this is actually 
you're telling people to have faith and hope and yet you're setting them up to die um or to, or to feel a false sense of security like the right. handkerchief right like i can sit right next to this covid man if i have my holy handkerchief and just, it's it's like telling someone to drive without a seatbelt on the wrong side of the road. Right. And it's fine. Like you may be okay, but you're playing a risky game. Yeah. You are. And you might say the Lord is protecting you. Like if you're of that kind of healing, I don't want to exclude anyone who's from that kind of healing denomination or denominations, but you know, it it's a big risk. You know, if that's the way that you go, like, yeah, I the stuff the people wanting to go to church hit me a little bit different than the televangelists who are just wanting mm. to make money. Like mm-hmm. I understand, and I mean you 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 do preaching at churches. Like people were lonely, and there was a real depth of despair. I think there that I could see people really wanting to get back in there. Um, Jim Baker's just a con artist and a terrible human, so. Um, that's something, yeah, that's I, something different. <laughs> and you would think that prison would have changed him, but it didn't. Oh. He just came out and went right to it. Got back, got back out on a, sh- I, I played a clip and people were like in that paper and people were like, I can't believe, cause you have to see him out like doing it. Cause just me telling you about him advertising the silver solution, it does not encompass actually watching this man sell it to unsuspecting people on TV. And I'm like, and again, perhaps the solution will heal you, but he got sued. So did he numerically? It hasn't. Yeah. Cause he was doing it in some state where I don't know, like in the Midwest somewhere. And the state was like, you have no medical backing for this. Like you're, it's dangerous. You're and, making medical claims. Yeah. Correct. Right. Right. And so he got, he, I don't know what the end result of that was. I probably should, but I don't. I mean, he's, uh, not, he's not, he probably got another show. I mean, every time he gets in trouble, he gets another show. Have, have you seen Danny McBride's Got the Righteous Gemstones now? Oh, the my HBO gosh. Show. I watched and the first episode of it because my friend so, yeah. watch it. So good. <laughs> Those people are the same way. <laughs> I know. I know. And I'm like, because I was telling someone about the bad theology. They're like, oh, you got to watch the Righteous Gemstones. There's bad theology all over that. <laughs> um and you know i i think i've talked about it before like i grew up in the baptist tradition but that sort of charismatic spirit-filled stuff my my grandma was big into it um and so that was her so i was my one grandma was like southern baptist you sit you stand don't wear white after labor day or whatever kind of thing and then my other grandma was this kind of if you pray for it it will happen sort of thing so I will say I speak as one who is in between those, those worlds. Um, Hmm. And I just, I would get really frustrated sometimes with, I admired my grandmother's faith who was in the charismatic tradition, but I also would get mad because she'd give so much money. We had, I mean, yeah. Anyway, she would give so much money to those people. And, you know, she believed them when they would say things. And it's like, and of course you do. If you know, it's just so irresponsible. I, I don't like it. It makes me feel icky. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, and I take comfort in the fact that the 
Bible is very critical of religious people and money and hypocrisy and um, swindlers, yep. to be honest. And so there, there is a biblical critique of this very thing that sort of forewarning us. Dante puts the, the, the fraudulent in the eighth ring of hell. Ooh. Eighth circle, like the only thing worse is the devil and betrayers. <laughs> so he also had a very little tolerance for the people that defraud others. I yeah, I'm with you, Dante. I mean, and he put he put. There's at least two popes in that ring, and then oh, they say, "Oh, Boniface the Eighth is going to be here soon." So the oh, current gosh. pope during during uh, uh, Dante's life, like he's oh, already telling gosh, him, he's, "I know." Well, he'd already been exiled to, he's wandering Italy, so he didn't have anything else to do. It's like starting a podcast. There's worse places to be exiled than Italy. Yeah, like, I think in the, the food that you want. Yeah, in the 1300s, they probably didn't have tomatoes. I mean, it was probably, uh -huh. you know. I mean, I think they probably still had tomatoes. They just maybe didn't you think? have think That's a New World product. Bolognese at that stage. But, yeah. I read yeah. this thing in a church, a church history book. It said a Italian guy went to England in the the 1600s, something like that. I think it was 1600s, and he said that England has 60 religions and one sauce. No. Oh no! <laughs> That's a great burn. It's such a great burn, and also pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they actually yeah. would call their sauces when we were. I don't know if it was the same in England, but they would call it brown sauce and red sauce. Very imaginative, right? Right. And it was just like ketchup and then whatever brown sauces, which right. is like some magical vinegar solution, but not to be confused with Jim Baker's solution, but right, it was very delicious. So that's so interesting. So the eighth ring. Huh? Eighth I mean, ring is fraudulent, I mean, including including lots of priests and leaders. Yeah, he's, he's uh, he, he loves the church and that's why he's so critical of people that he sees as i think you know, i'm the same i think i'm the, the reason people are like do you not like christianity and i'm like i'm an ordained minister of the lord like yes i do like christian it has nothing to do with that it's because i like i love that institution and i see value in it that i want to take these mother efforts to the ground right <laughs> like you have a moral compass so well, I don't know about that, but I'm I'm hoping they have enough of a bad one that I can go ahead and knock them out. You have, I mean, you have a I'm moral. Not, well, I mean, well, low bar. I'm not swindling grannies out of right, right, out of hundreds of dollars to for hand sanitizer, and I'm also, you know, not committing genocide, even though you wanted Correct. to say that I was at the beginning with my murdering, but um, I'm not, you know. So it's like. You know, and, and these are people who are on TV. Like, these are leaders. Like, how did Jim Baker get back on TV again? I don't know. I guess, I don't know. It, it shows that there's, um, they just don't care. Jeez. Oh. It, it makes me miss the Puritans. At least they cared about, at least there were, <laughs> there were boundaries now. It's like, as well as, <laughs> when can you be on the telly? Well, I can be on at 10 o'clock. Works for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you a t-shirt that says, now I really love the Puritan. Sir, I really love the Puritan. I mean, but, I feel bad about the Scarlet Letter, but Jim Baker deserves one, doesn't he? S for swindler. 
Well, yes, but I'm going to go ahead and say the Puritans had some bad theology with that whole manifest destiny thing. And... I know, but just put a big parenthesis around that. I'm just saying. And <laughs> the treatment standards. of women. And, and Native Americans. Native peoples. Uh, and the, Well, and the point of the Scarlet Letter is the hypocrisy that right. she has to wear the letter. But, you know, surprise, He's, it's right. the ministry the whole time. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I know. I know. I'm just being silly. I know. Make make America Puritan again. I actually say that in one of my classes because I um, teach religion in America and we'll go through these phases where people keep trying to reach this like idealized beginning of America. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like clearly Trump made it the most, I don't know, branded thing, but like Reagan said it as well. And he's talking about the 1950s and, you know, previous to that in the like prohibition people were talking about it referencing the puritans like make america puritan again so i make the joke is that they've we've always been hearkening back to some idealized age that i'm not sure has ever existed really Mm -hmm. so because even in the 50s you had yeah it was great for like it was they were talking about it being like the highest church attendance in america or something american's history and it's like well yeah but you had jim crow lost right right it wasn't great for everybody like so yes um yeah people want to go back to mayberry and um all that um what's the name of that is it what was the name of that show why am i blanking oh, the andy griffith show andy griffith show yeah. they want to go back to that and yeah there's there's a lot they're not showing you on the yeah, uh, Mayberry. Like racism and right. women's they're not rights. Showing, and... Right. They're not showing you East Mayberry. Right. <laughs> Cross the tracks. Or, you know, what she does when, when the lights go out or what happened. You know, it's <laughs> like, what, what's their relationship like, you know? So, uh-huh. I mean, uh, yeah. it's all... what's, in, what's in their basement? Literally. And <laughs> So there's a running joke in the religion department where we talk about how we were in our offices more than each other. And so I've I've said I've taken up residence in the wine cellar underneath the chapel. Right. But oh, there is no wine cellar. Or is there? Or is there? I could be recording from there right now. We did have our prior president was Catholic, so who knows what she installed. Well, this, Protest- this Protestant would be willing to install one. So. Yes. Or they just have more fun in general. Mardi Gras, right? I mean. I know. I know. What are you giving up for Lent? Nothing. See, I told you I don't do holidays. I'm like, whatever. Well, it was sort of a anglo-catholic appropriation by protestants to give things up anyway so but don't listen to me (laughs) what do i know (laughs) there's a lot of a's in that anglo wait hang on let me write that down anglo Anglo appropriation Appropriation. anglo-catholic appropriation of that yeah right Yeah, yeah the methodists used to preach in tuxedos in the late 1800s what yeah it was like a long-tailed tuxedo jacket what's the reasoning i don't well i, I don't know i've just seen some some uh think accounts of it i guess or red saying on wikipedia something like that and then they adopted the clergy collar it's or, or the black robe of the geneva robe from the presbyterians mm. and now it's more common to wear the owl because of the anglican background but the truth is the early Methodists, I don't think they really wore that, at least in the 1800s, like the Alb. Methodists <laughs> just bark, they just take things, 
or it's like, what Methodist great again. Something like Get that. Get back in the tuxedo. <laughs> this is what, yeah, right. <laughs> Make Methodist tuxedoed again. We could have prom after church. It'd be nice. What, is the, what do the women wear if the men wear tuxedos? Um, or I guess women weren't a part of that. Like, uh, there were some early female preachers, but I forget, I should know this. I used to know this when the first Methodist female preacher was, but they weren't. Well, like the they were probably unofficial. I would think, hmm? would, the, like you, you couldn't be real picky back then, right? Yeah, um, I guess probably the official ones were all men. Women were not able to be ordained in the Methodist Church till the sixties, nineteen sixties. What the frick? Well, that was that was the age, right? I mean, that was the age when the era when lots of churches started yeah. ordaining women. It just still freak. It still blows my mind. You might want to talk to the Baptist about that. They apparently haven't got the menu yet. Memo, <laughs> <laughs> not menu. Either way. Menu, menu. <laughs> got the wrong fax number. It, yeah, you're like, dang it. We sent it to the Anglicans. No, that's not where it needed to go. It needs to go to set down south a little bit. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. All right. Well, it's good to catch up. And You always yeah. cut me off. You have Do to, I? You, well, not cut me off in sentence, but you always say we have to be done. I just assume they have something they need to do. That's more important than talking to me? No, I mean them, the people listening. Who's this? You know Who's we're recording, the... right? Oh, crap. <laughs> Were we not just shooting shit? Dang. Okay, well, um, our, well, yeah, I mean, we don't want our listeners. They may need to go mow the lawn. They need to pre-order the book on Amazon it's not there it doesn't have a cover or anything they need to make a note to pre-order they need to make a note don't you worry i will keep reminding them there you go (laughs) but that's awesome to hear the preview and uh keep listening friends and stay safe any final words leah so my favorite murder which is a very popular (laughs) podcast Uh has a catchphrase that stay sexy and don't get murdered that they say at the end oh gosh we need to come up with one that's related to that Okay. That has something to do with that theology is annoying. Yeah, like stay sexy and don't let the bastards grind you down or something right. like that. I'll th- I think I may keep that part. So you think of what, what the first part can be. Like stay safe and don't let the stay fun and don't let the bastards stay fun. Don't let the down. bad theology grind you down. Right. There we go. All right. See you, you think? later. Okay. I think, I think it works. Bye. All right. Bye.